What is this? Oh shit. We got music. This is the almost psychic. My friend, Big Sexy, the digital nomad is right there. We are coming at you in our 11th episode, and normally we don't mention what episode number it is, but this time we will because we finally have intro music. I am back from my first cruise. We're probably going to talk a lot about that, see what's going on with uh, Big Sexy's travels, and plans to get going on. Your host, the man, the myth, the legend, Big Sexy. Don't mind me, I'm just, I'm just grooving... To this this tunage right now this is pretty awesome that's my favorite part i don't <laughs> that's my favorite part awesome you know, hey we... hey man welcome back yeah thank you thank you hello to all the listeners good morning uh good afternoon good evening wherever this finds your ear holes i hope it is good yeah, man. Yeah. So um, that's super cool. And, you know, it's it's tough. We, we could chat about that, I think, for a little bit. Um, shout out to uh, the Scoop uh, Froyo Softser for, for coming up with that. We it, it Here's the thing. We gave him as much information as we possibly could without knowing really what we wanted. Right. But we kind of gave him some flavor, some ideas, some whatever. And I'll tell you, I don't know about you, but I love it. And this was the first thing that he sent to us. Obviously, not cold, you know, using our input. But, um, you know, it's kind of like if you're a baseball fan, you're watching baseball, that first pitch of that first at bat goes over the fence. Right. It was pretty uh, pretty on point. The man, is, the, man is, uh, the man has talent. For sure. For Definitely sure. has some talent. But we've and, been enjoying uh, yeah. we've been enjoying his tunes for years on our daddy pod and uh it's nice to have a little bit of that love spread our way as well and again it makes sense why we've been enjoying it elsewhere because you know it's good and now an opportunity to share a little more with all of you indeed so, so- First and foremost, before we get started, I believe I have noticed uh, an update to your Twitter handle. Yes, yes, yes. And we teased this some time ago. Um, well, the Twitter Twitter handle itself is still the same. Yes, so yeah, the at part the, is still at Psychish. At Psychic-ish. That is too Psychic-ish. good of a get to change. Right. Um, but yes, the stage name has changed. And uh, you will see more and more of this roll out. In fact, I was I, it officially was the first place that I set it out in public. Um, fellow magician Peter Wood, the collector of the impossible. If you watch Penn and Teller's Fool Us, you've seen him on there in the most recent season, and I believe two seasons ago. So he's been on there twice uh, with some very unique effects. He has started a podcast where he's interviewing magicians and people connected to that world to kind of give you a little bit of a behind the scenes look. Um, so if you're interested in that, that's at of the impossible.com little plug for Peter Wood there. Um, all of his stuff now I think is at that of the impossible.com. So you can see his magic what what events he's got coming up. You can contact him about booking him. You we'll can try find to remember to put a link in the description below. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we'll throw a link in there as well. Um, you know, so in going through all of the options and everything like that, um, I was like, you know what? I want to do this on a podcast. I don't want to do it on this podcast because it's not really, you know, magic related. And this podcast is not front focused about me. And obviously mm-hmm. we kind of already teased it. Um, I don't think I'm important enough to go on, at least at this point in time in my career, Penguin and Vanishing Inc. both have, um, you know, magic podcasts, but those are really geared toward the magic community. Anyway, I wanted something that was more going out to the public, which is also why I did not even hit up Matt and RJ about doing it on Abracababble, because that is a behind the scenes paywalled basically a magician only podcast so it made peter woods podcast the one that is about going behind the scenes for non-magicians as the audience members the perfect match to do that and this this has been you know so i'm not going to get into too many of the details because i know there's other stuff that we want to talk about here today um but the almost psychic is becoming judgmentalist that will be the stage name um wait wait one more time slower Judge mentalist. Two names, two words, two words, two words. As if you're saying judge ikimoshu, judge mentalist, like judge, judge Reinhold, mentalist. Yeah. So, I mean, to kind of to be brief about it, I, I, I've been performing on stage and, and such for a little over a year. Um, Partially thanks to Matt Donnelly. Uh, he's the guy that gave me that first opportunity, really. Um, I mean, I guess it was a mutual gift because I booked him for a show. He asked me to open for him. But um, so shout out to him. At that time, I was going, I, I, I was really, you know, again, first time on stage doing this kind of stuff. From a character development standpoint, I, I was really unsure as to how much of who I am in real life, I wanted to bring onto the stage. And I was trying to separate that, you know, the lawyer and law related stuff in real life to the, I'm just going to be this, you know, mystery entertainer on stage. And more and more, it seems to make sense with the personality, as well as kind of the direction that, you know, my, the the pieces that I'm performing on stage are very much, um, you know, people reading and and you know influencing people to make decisions and things of that nature that really marry very well with what i do with clients you know in day-to-day work in the courtroom to juries etc and you know working with jeff mcbride who's one of the legends of the art um he's the one who gave me the new name judgmentalist as we were talking and you know another one of the the teachers at the magic and mystery schools like you know with a difficult and, and confusing first name pronunciation wise um you might want to have just develop a stage name and i don't know the the almost psychic is fun the almost psychic is not going away per se um right. within the description that is judgmentalist and what he does you will learn that even in day-to-day life, the the skills that he portrays, both at work, in the courtroom, on stage, you'd think that he's almost psychic. So See, the name I isn't am, completely going away. I envisioned it as uh, it was uh, your, your subheading. 
right? Is that the almost psychic became your side head and you're like judgmentalist, the almost psychic. It, it, it would be fair to, to line them up like that. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think that that the almost psychic is going to be a little more background than a subheading, but right. very similar vein. Yeah. And it, and it's new. So things are starting to take shape, whether that becomes prominent as a subheading or stays in the back seat. Like I think it might still to be determined. Um, we've got some shows coming up where that character is going to fully be portrayed uh, admittedly not much different than the character that the almost psychic is it's really just kind of a hey this is a better brand as far as me wanting to get myself out there do more Are you shows going full out? like you're gonna wear judge robes and have a gavel um there will be scales there will be some some uh weighing type of things it, it and they may not be in the early shows because i'm still working on some of those things um the the judge robe is a question that I've gotten before, and I'm sure that I'll get it again. Um, the answer will be when I find a reason other than the look, then yes, right. it'll come into play. But I'm I'm not, you know, one of the things that was kind of ingrained in me when I started working with experienced mentors is that anything that you're doing on stage, anything that you're saying on stage, anything that you have on stage have has to have a reason. And it and, right. and just you know looking the part isn't enough to me. Right. So am I searching is it in the back of my mind find a reason to either come out in a robe and then ditch it later or change into a robe at some point? We we will probably get there, but it's as of right now, you won't see it probably in the first couple of performances, you know, in early 2023. Excellent, man. That's wonderful. But I yeah, fun it. times. I know um, when you first you first mentioned it too. Well, I thought that's awesome. That is a great name. That's gonna go far. You know, and it's and it's really starting to take shape as I've connected with um you know, some members of this community and or the Scoop community, which are, you know, at this point for us, very much, you know, one pie of, of a Venn diagram. I don't, <laughs> right. I don't know how many non-Scoop listeners that we have. And if you are one, go ahead and write us because we'd love to know. Um, I say maybe four. Yeah. So, um, you know, the, the, the resources that we've had, some of the art that's already been released, Brogan has done. Everybody, you know, is is probably very well familiar with Brogan's work. Um, we've got a few behind-the-scenes projects that we're working on, some of which relate to this, some of which don't. Um, I've, I've hooked up with a couple of other people to do some web work. Um, so a website is in the development specifically for Judgmentalist. Um, I've got awesome, mock-ups. Awesome. They look fantastic. Um, I'm not going to name the person's real name and i don't know that i know their scoop name so i'm just going to leave it at that when that re website gets revealed <laughs> i'll have pieced all that together and give a, a, a formal shout out um which will be well deserved because as of right now like i said the mock-ups that i have look tremendous i'm super happy um and it's gonna be cool and um yeah in the next episode that we drop um so next week's episode I'll I'll give some more details on some upcoming shows. Right now, 
upcoming show. There's there's one specific big upcoming show that I'm doing that is a fundraiser. That right now the community that is is receiving the the benefit of the funds are the only people that know about the tickets. So I can't tell anybody about this <laughs> yet, but next week I can. I, I got to give advance notice to my kids' school and the families right. there who are, are the benefit of this because it would, would kind of be shitty of us to drop this to the public and let everybody that's not them gobble up these tickets. It's cool because it'll still be a fundraiser. They'll make as much money as possible if we sell the thing out. But to not have members of that community at least have a stab at it um, – would be just not well they need to be listening to this podcast they do That's they do um, <laughs> but yeah 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 so um yeah that's um i don't know cool well, welcome, fun exciting home, stuff sir and uh i mean we should just hop right into it right you experienced your first cruise yeah oh um, listeners this is gonna be a a a, a a Joe Beth heavy episode, just be aware, because my man has had through some experiences. I mean, my experiences have been pretty light. I've sold some shit. I moved some shit around. I'm getting ready to sell more shit. That's about where I'm at. But it's also, you know, we promise travel conversation, travel tips. Yeah. And, and, and I you can definitely travel. say that that I, I will be imparting some of that knowledge, um, at least some of the things that I have learned that are probably things I would say that anybody that's paying attention and has their head on a swivel is going to learn just naturally on their first cruise. But this might be helpful for the first night or two. Um, but yeah, we did a five day cruise out of Port Canaveral, which is basically eh, 45 or so minutes from the uh, Orlando airport. There's apparently some other airport that's a little closer, but our end game plan was um, do this five day cruise and then roll over to Disney World because we love Disney. We spent two days in Disney afterwards and then flew home early Monday morning. So, um, from the perspective of this dropping two days ago, um, cool experience we um you know my wife and i went so the two of us neither of us had been on a cruise before and really did Ooh, haven't two really spent first timers yeah first timers uh haven't really spent much time on boats in general we have friends that have boats um given where we live which is at the northern uh, kind of end of the chesapeake bay it's a big boating community so you know being in a prominent profession, many people assume, hey, when are you going to get a boat? When are you going to get a boat? Um, the answer is no, um, hmm. because I know enough people and have enough friends who have boats that would gladly, at, at a moment's notice of me shooting a text, being like, hey, when are we going to go out on the boat next? Give me dates and times. And I don't take advantage right. of that. So. No sense in buying one myself, especially when the adage of, you know, the two best days that you, you know, of, of boat ownerships or the day that you buy it and the day that you sell it. I have no interest in that. <laughs> I, I'm a magician. I have better stupid shit to spend money on. Okay. Right. Uh, <laughs> so. Unless a, boat, unless a boat is needed for a special magic trick. Exactly. You get that exactly. big where you, you're doing something um, with a boat. Then we'll so, yeah, five-day, two ports. 
three C days. Um, yeah, that's the math that adds up to, to five. Um, I will tell you that if you had me and or my wife on this podcast and grilled us both, you would get different responses um, as far as the experience that we had. Uh, she did not adjust, I don't think, as well to the movement of the boat. Um, okay. You know, it does take a, few a minute. Days after it, I think that she still feels like she's on the boat, and mm-hmm. her equilibrium hasn't returned to normal. I'm, I feel like I'm back to to normal, but who knows? Um, don't get me wrong. I felt the first day like I was on drugs, without consuming much of anything. I just right. was along <laughs> for that ride. <laughs> sea legs do take a minute to get used to. Um. We were on a a smaller boat, which I think is probably uh, what they do on the shorter cruises. Absolutely, and it's like the tail end of hurricane season, and there were hurricanes down in the Atlantic. So um, choppy waters. There were rough waters. It was moving Mm -hmm. more, and and many many people on the boat who were regular cruise people or more frequent cruise people confirmed with us that this boat was rougher than what they're used to. Right. Um, That being said, what a fun time because I, when I go and do stuff like this, like I'm a big, I I really get into like the all inclusives and stuff like that because I love being in a situation where I don't I can be completely unencumbered. I could just walk right. around and see this and be like, I want that, have that. I don't have to exchange <laughs> currency. I don't have to. And, and it's not about being, you know, being cheap or anything like that. It's about just knowing that here it is. I don't have to carry my wallet. I don't have to carry a credit card. I don't have to carry my ID. I don't have to carry anything. I just show up. And the cool thing that I liked the most, I would say, because when I go to the all-inclusives, and, and, and obviously it, it was a big plus on there, I, I want the food to be good. And I want the food to be easy to access. And I, I'm not picking out or anything, but I would say that I've been to probably five or six different all-inclusive you know, Caribbean or Mexican resorts. This food blew any of that food out of the water easily and and which which uh cruise line did you sail so this was carnival okay um and it uh it it, you know the cool thing about it is there was food that was available i think 24 7 at least all any of the time that i was available and it wasn't just like oh it's you know here's this continental like where there's danishes and coffee and shit like that like i think that no, there they'll, was they'll real food, food available yeah available around the clock and, and it was at good quantity or quality rather quantity and quality um so for me that was important if you're not you know into that sort of thing which i don't know too many people who aren't eh, maybe it's not for you um it's it's gluttony, i'll tell you yeah if gluttony's not for you yeah if gluttony's <laughs> not for you then then i don't know you're probably not listening to this podcast but you know whatever um <laughs> but that was cool and the they have an app that gives you 
basically you could just click a button that says what food's available now. Um, and for this ship, the boat wasn't that huge, like I mentioned, so it was easy to navigate and kind of get a feel for everything. Now, normally I'm the type of person that when you drop me in an area and I get some familiarity with it, I'm going to have kind of a, a map imprinted in my mind anyway. So right. navigating that kind of stuff is normally within my personal comfort zone. Like I figure it out pretty quick and I kind of know, hey, especially on the boat, because sometimes you've got to go down and then across and then up or vice right. versa. It's not not all the decks connect all the way across because sometimes right. there's shit going on in the middle. And you're, and you're the GPS of your relationship. I am absolutely 100%. Not only the GPS of my relationship, but the entire family. I think I mentioned on here several episodes ago a trip that my wife and her sister took to Disney World where they were like, yes. what the fuck? We don't know where anything <laughs> is. He, I was not on that trip. They did right. not have their GPS. Um, because I'm the guy that's like, you know, tell me what you want to do. Boom, follow me. Let's go. Um, I have to have been there once. You know, it's I'm not reading a map online and doing this. Like, I'm not some right. um, rain man or some shit like that. But once I've been there, as long as they don't move shit, I know where it is. Right. Um, you know, you want me to sit here and, 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 and I'm, I'm, we're not going to do this to the listeners, but you want me to start at the north or the south end of the strip and just tell you all the hotels in order? I'm your guy. I can do it. Um, <laughs> so it, it that was cool. Lessons that I learned, because I want to get into making this less about me and more about the travel tips. Um, Make no mistake, Joe. People want to know about you too, man. This yeah, is yeah, yeah. A, 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 a nice mix. But again, you know, within the theme of, of the travel and, and, and promising some insight and some reflection here, um, I did not figure this out until the end of the first seated dining room meal. Because I'm assuming most cruises probably have a very similar setup, different moving parts and bells and whistles. But, um, you know, you basically have a menu with, you know, you, you have a set dining room time. And in, and with this boat, it was there was an early, like a 6 o'clock, and then there was like an 8.30 one. Okay, so um, Carnival still does, you, uh, you'll have at least one set time from for dinner for for yeah for, for a meal. dinner meal right. um so we had the early time which was good because that kind of just jived with when we were you know because we didn't change time zones or anything like that so it made sense for us um and if you're booking through a travel agent i know that we've both sung praises to travel agents in the past um you may have specifically plugged one let your travel agent take care of all that shit for you because they'll either ask you like my travel agent was like hey i got you on the early in the early dining um, but you get this menu, they put it in front of you and, you know, it's just like in a restaurant, except there's no prices on it. But the key is, is it's Which not in a restaurant is usually a bad thing, right? It means Here, you're about to give up your money and, uh, maybe a couple of cars. Exactly. But not here because here you've already paid the bill. Um, don't stop with just one thing. Don't use this as an opportunity to try something new because if you sit there, there's not nobody's gonna tell you no. So, like, apparently, they've got plenty of food. I don't know where they're storing it, obviously, somewhere on the boat. But if you, you know, I, I started ordering most meals two appetizers, um, and, you know, and it was usually one that I would eat and one that I would split with the wife, but they're not telling you no if you, you know 
want to try something new, order it. I I did that. I had some sort of weird thing that had a crawfish on it. Not my jam. And I know that now. Um, <laughs> but I had the opportunity. And because it doesn't matter, you can even order two entrees if you want. You don't have to worry about going hungry because you decided to step out and try something. And now, up oh, too bad. You didn't like it. You didn't need it. Go home. Like order order the second plate or let them know hey i'm gonna try this and if i don't like it i'm gonna order something else all of that's cool right. i will tell you because they're they're the third part of that menu is always dessert i in the past week have eaten more damn dessert than i've probably have eaten in the last <laughs> year of my life um and not because I was ordering two of those, because I certainly was not. I just, I'm just not a guy, you know, and some people are going to be like, oh, really? You know, some people are dessert people. I'm usually not that much of a dessert person, and I had dessert at every meal for the past week. Um, nice. Which is, well, every... Yeah, those desserts be bomb. Every dinner meal. So, you know, that was an experience. Um, do some homework. We lucked out and picked right, but usually one of like like on this cruise we went to two ports. We went to uh, Amber Cove in the Dominican Republic, and we went to uh, Grand Turk, and we booked an excursion at Amber Cove, but we did not book an excursion at Grand Turk. We we had been to Turks. We had been to both before. We were like, right. you know what? We know that the Turks and Caicos Islands are all surrounded by a reef. And all we need to do is just be at the beach with goggles and a snorkel, and we could just roll out there and go snorkeling. So we didn't book an excursion because we knew we were our excursion. Um, and then we went, and on, so that worked out perfectly. So figure out nice. where you're going and what kind of things are of interest to you so that you're not necessarily wasting money because it, there would have been almost no benefit or value for us specifically at Grand Turk to have booked some sort of snorkeling excursion. Now at, at the DR, you got to go out on a catamaran so that they can take you to the reef. So, you know, you got to kind of right. know your territory, do a little bit of homework ahead of time. Or for us, we had been the only downside I would say for us with this specific trip. And again, if anybody remembers, this is one that had to specifically fit into some time constraints for us uh, because the scheduling has been kind of difficult. Um, we had been to both of these countries before. So it wasn't like, oh, sweet, we get to go to a country or two countries that we had never been before. Not on this trip. Now, did Next you actually get a chance cruise, to see parts of the country that you hadn't seen before? That is true. We um, had not been to Amber Cove. And we had not been to Grand Turk. So that's, you know, one of the, we were, when we went to Turks and Caicos, it was, we were on Provincialis, which is another one of the, I don't know, there's probably like 30 to 100 islands that are part of this little network. Um, I did my research, but I didn't do that much research. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, good times there. Um, I learned how to, to set my phone so that the time was locked into the time zone that I needed to be locked into because at least with these round trip boats, they keep ship time, which is the time, the time zone that of the port that you start and end at. 
Right. I'm curious to know when you go on the one way cruise, what ship's time is. Is that going to be the destination? They they do destinations. So I've done a I did a uh, um, a cruise from Hawaii to I mean from California to Hawaii, and they gave you the time zone as you crossed it. Oh, so they adjusted that one. They adjusted that, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. They made announcements on their on their daily bulletin. You are now in this time zone. Don't forget to adjust your clock. So they're going to be very clear with you what they want you to do. Yes. So on this one, they wanted us to stay in that one time zone because the DR right. is in Atlantic time. So it's an, yet another um, hour behind forward one of those if it's if it was 10 o'clock on the east coast eastern standard time then it would have only it would have been it's 11, 11 o'clock yeah yeah they're an hour so ahead, ahead of they're an hour ahead of you yeah yeah they're an hour ahead you're three hours ahead of me right so obviously pay attention um there's i'll tell you there's so much to do on these ships all the time we didn't do half of it um <laughs> And we still did a lot, which is also cool. Um, did you gamble at all? Oh, you yeah. Your, I'm, you I mean, your look, I, I, I'm a bit of a degenerate. My next cruise is already paid for. Um, <laughs> nice. In fact, my, ga- my, my wife gambled enough that we both have free cruise offers. And we're going to try to finagle that to take her sister and her sister's boyfriend on something maybe out of Baltimore. So how do we do that? I'm like, it's simple. You book yours and have your sister on the, the, you know, as the second person. As the plus one, right. I book and I have her boyfriend and then they go in the small room and we get the suite done. Right. It shouldn't be an issue. And again, it's going to be one of those things where I explain it to the travel agent. I dump the promo stuff on right. him and say, "How do you we do that?" Fix it. I call John. Yeah, <laughs> John you takes fix it, care bro. of it. Um, yeah, I, I would say that the the thing that that set us up for I don't want to say set us up for failure, but certainly contributed to making my wife's adjustment more difficult is that we had an early flight. So we flew from Baltimore to Orlando, and Sunday. So I went to the Ravens. Same game. day as the cruise. Same day as the cruise. Okay. So I went to the Ravens game. Got home around seven ish, and either that morning or the day before. I think it was the night before. She was like, you know, with that early flight, because she's I'm the morning person. She's not the morning person. Right. Um, she's like. It'd be nice if we could get a hotel that was like 15 minutes, you know, right right by the airport. So there's a casino down there, as I've mentioned numerous times, and certainly will be a topic of conversation in the future. I'm a bit of a degenerate. Um, called up Maryland Live, which is about 10 minutes from the airport, and said, hey, can I get a room? And they said, sure, come on down, complimentary. Um, we probably should have went down there and went to bed, but we did not. So we were up <laughs> and we were out late, probably till like 1 a.m., got into our cups. She really got into our cups and had a very rough morning. And that's the hotel in Maryland. That is in right. Maryland. So we right. stayed. Okay. 
So instead of getting up at like 4 a.m., we only, you know, because we had like a 7.30 a.m. flight, right. um, we got to sleep in a little bit more, but we, you know, we completely destroyed that benefit by staying up late. So, you right, know. Right, right. <laughs> and, and, and I'm going a, there. And just I consider myself to be a seasoned traveler, one who should know better. Um, but we just threw caution into the wind. and Vacation to do that to you, man. I will tell exactly. Yeah, we we were interested in living it up, and um, you know, I I would say by the late second day, third day, she was well adjusted, but definitely had a rough transition early on. Um, but we got through it. Um, yeah, sea legs are difficult when you got uh, drunk legs. Yeah, and um, yeah, and, and she's more susceptible to the motion sickness than I am even if we had gone straight. Right. Um, you know, because one of the things that we've talked about doing another one of these and possibly this one with her, her sister and whatnot, the Carnival fl- uh, flies. Carnival ports out of Baltimore. So if we were hooked up that we were boarding, you know, at 1030, it's like 45 minutes from our house. So we're not, we're getting up at like... Nice. 8.30 at the earliest and rolling down there. No problems. No, none of this, like, you know, just no needing to go get a hotel. No no needing to be in a situation where we're tempted to party the night before. Just have a normal day. Get up the next day. Go have at it. Sounds so, yeah, good, good times there. Um, I will tell you one of the things that we did... And this may be specific to this cruise. Um, because of my gambling, the, the a host approached me and said, hey, you know, blah, 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 blah. You know, you know, thanks for playing here. We're going to we want to take care of you. Um, are you eating at the steakhouse? They they comped us uh, a meal at the steakhouse, which was all fine and good. If you're going to go that route, clearly take advantage of it if you are a gambler. But I will tell you that that food was not substantially better than what was in the dining room. And I don't and that is not necessarily a dig on it is it is no no it isn't it is it is that has been my experience on a lot of the cruise ships that I have been on is that the the what's supposed to be the high end dining or the dining that you pay for or things that aren't included aren't often better. They're equally as good or they are, you know, uh I've also experienced when it wasn't as good. Like, oh yeah. this, but I, I again this in this situation amazing. not a dig on the steakhouse. It was just the quality and really the variety of food that was in the main dining room was just that good. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I was pleased. I was, I was impressed. I was happy. Some, cause I've gone to some all inclusives where the food was very subpar. And I think that that was somewhat an element of the Caribbean and what they have access to. Right. Um, but it, it just, I mean, some of it was downright horrid, uh, some of the times and, you know, for me, that was at those times, because one of the things that I love to do and got into a habit of doing and probably won't do this year for a variety of reasons is that first week of the year 
when it's usually like bitter cold here in Maryland, you know, first week, second week, something like that, go to the Caribbean. So you want the great food when you're going to this all inclusive. But to me, it was like, hey, it's I mean, there have been times where I've gone down the jetway and I could see my breath in front of me getting on the flight. So there, it didn't matter because I was going down somewhere where it was like 70, 80 degrees. <laughs> right. The, I don't care how bad the food is. I'm here and it's warm <laughs> and I'm not there right. where it's freezing. And there'll be some good local food. Yeah. Down the way yeah. if I need it. Absolutely. Scale of one to ten, how you feeling? Uh I mean I feel fine. I you know I I mean transition- about the cruise, man. Oh, about the cruise? I mean I'm ready to go back. Um scheduling you know, wise. This, again, this was your first cruise, like and you've heard us you've heard so many people raving about it. Did it live up to the hype? Was it uh better than expected? Was it you know, worse than expected. Uh, did it meet all expectations? Did it exceed expectations? You know, give us that kind of report. I mean, I'd say that it, I had very few expectations, so it's definitely exceeded them. Um, and, and I can tell you right now, having like the first time doing it, go on a shorter one like what I did because it gives you the ability, it's a low risk way to. Like when I, we first got on that boat, we didn't know what the, what we were doing. We didn't know where we were going. We didn't know what was up, what was down, what was anything. So the ability to kind of, you know, like I said, at a low risk, adjust to what is this? What do they expect of me? What can I expect of them? I, I, I'm certainly there are more tricks of the trade to learn and I'd love it if people would write in and tell us or go to the, the prank call dot me and share with us some of your cruise tips because I could tell you right now knowing kind of the structure of it all and going into it I feel like if the next time I go on one I, I'm going to attack it a little differently yeah. and I mean, just you learn the, quickly like, to pace yourself. And two, two, two things that I always learned about cruise ships, and and I, I do every time I cruise now, is one, pace yourself. Yeah, because you can, because uh, gluttony is a real thing, and you can be, and you can, and they, again, they don't tell you no, so you can overdo it, and then uh, you can overdo it to the point of making yourself sick. Right. Uh, so pace yourself. And then two, prioritize. Yeah. Right? Get, they give you an itinerary. They give you these things are happening at this time. Go through that list. Prioritize. And then, you know, uh, acclimate yourself to where things are. You know, under, uh, you, you don't have to be a complete sailor to know, you know, you learn, you'll learn fore and aft. They'll tell you. It's the front of the ship. Look out the window. Which way is the water movement? Okay, now you know which way to walk. You know, you know what I mean, Um, and uh, and then uh, the fourth tip, man, explore. Like, see what they have to offer. Do what you can. You know, I would say try something you like. Try something new. Try something you like. Try something new. Because I mean, you paid all this money, you might as well, you know, get an experience out of it. 
Absolutely. And there's and, and here's the thing. I was on a smaller ship, so going on a bigger ship, like if, if a shorter first time out, a shorter one not only makes sense to get acclimated, but also if you're on a smaller ship, there's a lot less like I could imagine if I had gone on a longer one in a larger ship almost feeling like I missed too much because like right now looking back on it, I know that there are things that I missed, but those were choices that I made right? because I missed those things to do other things. And it wasn't like, Oh shit, there's these six things because this ship is so huge and I have to pick one to do. Um, Did you, uh, what was I going to say? Did you meet, uh, 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 any new folks? And making yeah. the uh, on on ship friendships that will now translate off ship. I I don't think that there's really anybody that we lined up to connect with. And I know that a lot of people do this, where they kind of connect with people that become cruise friends. And I, I mean, I've got colleagues of mine that are like cruise people and they've got like we went to their wedding five or six years ago and there were like two tables of people at their wedding that were cruise friends so these people connect stay connected um and try to hey what what do you you know are you going on this ship at this time out of that port or whatnot and try to link up and you know that there was nobody that really eclipsed that. I, we certainly wouldn't have been opposed to it, but um, we we ended up so so a lot of times. And I don't know if there's a way to push this or avoid this or whatever, depending on your preference. But that main dining room, not only are you going to the same dining room for dinner at the same time, at least this is the way the carnival set up, but you're also sitting at the same table. So you get a table number that's assigned to you, and that's the table that you go to at that mealtime for the rest of the week. So the first day right. is a little bit of a cluster of checking in, and you go here, you go here, you go here. Then they expect you to just go back to that same table every time. So we were at a group table, so I think it... Uh, two, one, two, three, four, five, six... Ten people of round table Usually, that... Yeah. that, that the, the seated 10. So, you know, there were four other couples there. And, I mean, good times. We had good conversations with them. Um, you know, now, some did of you do the smart were, thing and rotate seating? Uh, a, a few times, but some people didn't. Um, right. Some people were I, in the same always, seats the whole time. Yeah, it's always interesting to we get moved. folks who, who uh, the folks who sit in the same seat. And then, like, I was always big on, no, I'm going to sit in a different seat every time because it puts me in a different environment with different people, and I want to get to know everybody. Yeah. And it's much easier to get to know somebody I'm sitting next to or across from than it is all the way across the table every single time. I'm never going to get to know that person. I want to go sit next to that person. And it's always funny to watch people kind of short circuit because they kind of want everybody to be in the same spot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I mean, here's the thing though. The I, I've heard stories about just randomly you go on a cruise and having gone on one, there's a handful of people that were on some other cruise that you've been on. So then you reconnect with them that way. So yeah, you know, I it had was a few uh, of those. 
Yeah, again, none of those, not in this time, I'm not saying that we wouldn't do it in the future and just run into the right people. We didn't. Um, I, I mean, I would say that we had more, we had conversations. We ended up at port, both ports we were at, there was another carnival ship, the Mardi Gras, that was give or take an hour coming in and leaving around the same time as us. So we ended up running into people and and hanging out in the pool with people at Grand Turk that we had been on an excursion with, a, you know, a day or two prior at uh, Amber Cove um, that were on a totally different ship than us, but, you know, hit the same two, hit two ports the same back-to-back days or whatever it was. That's interesting. But yeah, I mean, I would recommend it. Um, if you get seasick easily, read up on that. There are precautions that you can take. There are certain it's things. Dramamine, right? That's that's the medication? Yeah, that that's the one of the... patches that you put right behind your ear? Yep. And if you don't know that you're seasick and you find out that while, when you're on one of these boats, just go to wherever the infirmary is and they'll take care of you with stuff like that too because it's not like yeah. they've never had this happen before. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're prepared for it. They're they're ready. I'm sure that they have far more people that they deal with that have that have seasickness than, you know, broken bones or any other sort of things like right. that. But there's a full medical staff there for whatever you need if something goes awry. Now it's interesting. So we you know, when we did our last cruise and we're doing our next cruise is gonna be on Virgin Voyages, they don't do at least the one we went on didn't didn't do um a seating time. Right, you can make reservations at other the different restaurants, uh, but they did not have a main centralized dining restaurant. Interesting. Um, they had they had their big restaurant, right? Which was I don't remember. I can't remember all the names of the restaurants, um, but they had a big one, and we it's actually one that we never ate at. Um, huh. uh, Mainly because our friends, the uh, people we were with, they had had they went there the first night, and they had gotten the steak. Then they were like they weren't too happy with the steak, and we had gotten the the little at the at the the cove or whatever. Okay, look, listeners, I'm sorry, I'm not gonna remember the names of the areas in Virgin Voyages. Uh, if you want to know, look it up. All right, <laughs> or all right, hit me up on the social medias and I'll look it up for you and I'll tell you. But right now, I'm not going to do all that. Um, there was an area and they gave out a little free uh, tapas, and they had the steak uh, in in that area, and the steak there was the, was like amazing. And I would all I would go there and just like if the restaurants were full because a lot of times they fill up because they take they take reservations. Yeah. And so sometimes it's hard to get a reservation. Like, oh, okay, so I guess we're not gonna. Well, I guess we gotta go find some place else to eat. I know where we're going. We're going where they got good steak and they had delicious shrimp and had delicious chicken all in kebabs and it was oh so amazing. Um, so my default on this cruise was, um, there was a deck that that had pools at both ends and the and you know hot tubs and stuff like that and then in the middle right. of it was food and different like buffet setups That's and it was galley. different you know mm-hmm. this room was this type and there was a taco bar over there and burritos and stuff like that and over here right. was you know the the Mongolian uh barbecue thing where you put all the different stuff you want in the bowl and then they put it in the wok and everything like that right. guy fieri had a burger stand set up 
that shit was to die for. Like, I, and obviously, if you're not a burger person, you may not feel the same way that I do. But I, I love a good burger, and I was incredibly impressed. I probably swung through there three or four times. Um, just you know, yeah. why not? It was it basically from I don't know 11 a.m. or noon on until probably later than I would have made it there. It was open. Um, and like, I can tell you, we, there was a Margaritaville that was kind of like built into the pool on Grand Turk and started drinking drinks that, you know, I'm not, I'm probably like 80% of the time a beer person. So keeping my own pace and everything is super easy and you know i know what condition i'm going to get in based on what volume i'm going to drink and you can't really go too far with that um but when you're drinking mixed liquor drinks that are tropical you don't know what the fuck you're getting and you might and they can mix them could be super weak you don't know and you don't even know because they all taste like a damn juice until you know yes you don't know until you know so we got some good ones there because when we were down we were snorkeling I spy, I spy from much further away than I thought it was. Brilliant marketing. Some old shack that had $5 local beers and, you know, cold $5 cold local beer or something like that was like written across the roof. And I was just like, oh, we're going to go over there. Now, I could have gotten beer anywhere. So it wasn't just like, oh, I found the beer. Like it wasn't that. But I was <laughs> I just like, I found the beer. You know, 10 points for the guys that know how to market and just make this huge billboard on the top of their building. So they had two for $10 rum punches. That's where it started. Mm. (laughs) Then we ended up in this Margaritaville pool. And I don't know that I ate lunch that day, but the first thing I did when I got back on that boat was we're going to the burger place. I need, I need to put something in my stomach. That's not liquid. It's not alcohol. Soak all this up. And that burger place hit the spot. So, nice. did you uh, enjoy enjoy any of the shows on the ship? Um, you know, we you know that was one of the things that we didn't do much of because we ended up doing other stuff. And there wasn't a magic show. There was a strolling magician that we ran into a couple of times, but there was not a magic show. And it's funny because I was talking to him on the last night, and I was like, "What is this job that you have?" And he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I want to know about your job because I'd love to do this like two or three weeks out of the year or something like that. Like I couldn't, I know some of these people hop on the ship and they're on that ship for six months. I can't do that. But I'd love to just go and do strolling magic for a week at a time, a handful of times. So he's, you know, he's telling me about it. He's like, so you're a magician. And and then he's like, show me something. I'm like, okay, fine, let's go. Um, And and I think that I kind of floored him because I did something where I was, you know, just like, that's a normal deck of cards you have? Okay, great, give it to me. Um, And then, you know, we're doing something and then somebody walks, just some random person walks by and I'm like, pick a number. And then boom, you know, did the thing. And he was just like, oh shit, okay. This is what the job title is. You should go to Carnival and just search for it. Oh yeah, he just, he, he, you know, I found out a lot of, ship employees get the number one question they get asked is how do I do what you do? Yeah. How do I get to be on the ship all the time? So it's not until you put up 
that they go, oh, okay, let me give you some real information. Right, right. You know, like I've met with entertainment directors, you know, because again, I have a, a show that I'm on a show to sell to cruise ships. And I mentioned that, you know, well, no, it's an improv show and I do improv. And I said, oh, that's, and I said, no, no, here's, here's the script. Here's the, <laughs> this is the actual script right here. Oh, you, oh, you actually wrote it. Yeah, I actually wrote it. It's right here. Uh, I'm putting a reel together, you know. Um, and then you get the real information. Oh, yeah, you need to go to a production house. You need to talk to this. You need to put that, put that work in here. You know, so yeah, I'm pretty sure he was like, "Oh, here's another magician who wants to tell me, who wants to be me and see how they get on the ship." Oh, you actually know magic? Okay, here's the deal. <laughs> yeah, so that was fun. You know, he was just like, "You know, it's not a lot of money." I'm like, "I'm not doing it for the money. I've got a, I've got a career. I want to do this." I think I, like, could I do the job? Yes, but if I got that job. Two or even just two or three weeks out of the year or whatever, which they probably never hire me for that because they probably want large chunks. But right. going into an environment where for either five days straight or seven days straight or whatever cruise I'm on, I am for, you know, six, eight, ten hours, whatever the assignment is, doing magic, the the way you know, that is the way to level up. Because like, you know, I was explaining this to the family earlier. It was actually earlier today that I was talking about it. I'm like, look, for me to practice for you guys to get better, you're gonna see me do the same shit fifty times. You're gonna shoot me or yourself or both. And that's just not cool. Whereas going and getting dropped into a place like a cruise ship where there's three thousand people I can go do the same trick a thousand times back to back to back and never do it twice for somebody. And just doing anything a hundred times, a thousand times, 10,000 times, there's no, no better way to get just, I mean, I'm, I don't do anything in front of people that I don't have down, but you can still always get better at what cleaner, cleaner and, you know, a, a lot of what I like to do, and I know that it, it adjusts, and, and I do different stuff in a in a strolling environment. But just the interactions that you have with people, like you can only play through so many scenarios in your head. Right. Um, you know, unless you are OCD and suffer from anxiety, then you can certainly play through every scenario in your head, uh, many of them all at the same time. But but for me, I can only kind of visualize certain so many certain things. There are things that, you know, especially in a interactive with people, mind reading type of routine that I mostly do on stage, um, and some of that bleeds into the strolling work that I do, y- you evolve certain routines that you do based on one-off reactions that you get from people where it was just like oh shit you said that and you know i I don't have any formal improv training or experience but which would be a good idea to get i should probably but i'm still very good at pivoting and going with it and whatever's in front of me and and kind of adapting to the curveballs that are thrown to me some of those curveballs become things that i will say what i say differently to try to get those similar reactions in the future so you know the best way to kind of iron any of those out is to just do it a hundred times or 200 times or a thousand (laughs) times so i'm gonna look into that see if i can't get them to want me for 
I don't know, six, eight weeks out of the year. That'd nice. be plenty for me. That'd be too, almost too much for me. The question is whether it's enough for them. And I mean, I'd be happy to be like, listen, you may have somebody that gets sick. So just have me on call. You can tell me no now, but here's my number. Let's go. Because one day you're going to have somebody that that can't show up for whatever reason. And you're going to need somebody to pick up the phone and be like, bro, can you hop on a plane tomorrow? We need a guy. And maybe I'll be your guy. Nice. Well, man, I'm so, I'm so look, I, you know how much I was a big proponent of you hip hopping on a boat. Absolutely. And, and doing the cruise. Now you get it. I, I sure do. Yeah. And, and look, I'm looking forward to, really, I'm, the, it was an the enjoyable is, enough. Did they have karaoke? And yes. how much karaoke did they have? I think that, and, and karaoke, I know is your thing. It's definitely not my thing. But right. I believe that there were, uh, there was at least one time in which I was in one area of the boat and I was like, that sounds bad enough that it has to be karaoke. And was on a totally different deck like 10 minutes later. I'm like, oh, they're doing karaoke over here too? Because they don't. I don't think that they hire bad entertainers i mean i know that usually, there's a scale but 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 i never saw I have experience but i heard two really bad singers in short succession that definitely sounded like karaoke to me right so, so you, i believe that they had at least two spots that were doing karaoke at least one night. that's what there. we're going with we're going with could have, we'll say for the sake of whoever that other entertainer was that they uh Nope, it was just two regular people who shouldn't be singing singing. Or Correct. Who should be singing were singing karaoke. And and if somebody digs into the schedule of this cruise ship and finds out that that might be wrong, then I will tell you that I was so drunk that the time frame that I thought was not the time frame. And it was just me circling back around circling to the around. same place. <laughs> and it was a different singer at the same karaoke bar. Because I have no interest in knocking any entertainers that might have actually been entertaining. <laughs> well, good, man. I'm glad you had a great time. And shout out to Carnival for, for having... Uh, do you remember the name of the ship? Uh, Freedom. Oh, the Carnival Freedom. Shout out to the Carnival Freedom for for showing uh, the almost like a great time on your boat, on your vessel. That's right, that's were. right. Yeah, yeah, good yeah. Stuff, so, man. um... Anything else you got before we tell people to hit us up? I tell you what, I, I, I gave you my full update of what's happening. Uh, 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 update, just common updates for those interested in, in where we are in progression. Uh, the U-Haul to move from Vegas to California has been booked. Um, if uh, if you can't see here, right here, there used to be a bookshelf right here. Yeah, I got sold. Um, and that's me doing this is for the video. Sorry, I this is an audio podcast. You're not seeing me point my finger over my shoulder, waving it up and down. That's strictly for the camera. But now you have an audio. Uh, you can imagine that in your mind. Imagine me pointing my finger behind me and moving it up and down, up and down, indicating where something was and no longer is. But other than that, man, just, you know, get, still getting all these ducks in the proverbial row. Getting ready to uh, make the move, getting set up for our 
annual Christmas party in January. Uh, I got a show I'm performing at. Uh, if you're in the Vegas area, and uh, I think the Saturday after this drops, cause this is dropping in two days, right? That's where we're yes. at in the schedule. So, uh, yeah, so uh, the, this coming Saturday, yours truly is performing at the West Charleston Library at 1, a 1 p.m. show uh, here in Las Vegas for Ants in the Pants Productions. Feel free to come that in association with LV Puppets or Puppet, yeah, the uh, LVPuppets.com. Uh, uh, so come check that out. It's going to be a great show. And then that's it. Get ready for the holidays. Got big plans for, you know, some big plans for Christmas. Going back out to California for Christmas and and get stuff ready in the California home. Where we're going to be staying, get my mom's house together and ready to go. And then uh, make our way back. Sweet then, deal. So remind me, what's the last day in the apartment in Vegas? Uh, So the last day of the lease is the 28th. But we'll be out of here a week before. Gotcha. Okay. And we're probably so I got gonna until the 21st Air- to get my ass out there. We're probably going to grab an Airbnb in Vegas until the 28th. Um, because, again, we're going to sell shit like our bed, right. dressers, all the things. So we need a place that has all that stuff already built in. Cool, cool. Yeah. Cool, yeah. So again, you want to follow uh, those uh, fun adventures, tune in the podcast. We'll be, uh, we'll be breaking down all the stuff that's happening as it is happening. Uh, you can find us uh, uh, at the place on the thing. Big Sexy at- Nomad on all the socials. Send us an email, bigsexynomad at gmail.com or hit up theprankcall.me. Leave us a fun message. Leave us a travel tip. Leave us a cruise trip tip. Give us a cruise experience. Uh, share your cruise experience. If you've uh, been on a cruise ship, uh, call in or write in and tell us about your experience. Uh, if you've never been, tell us why not and uh, uh, what you look forward most to going to a cruise ship. And uh, look, I will persuade you because uh, I have the... Uh, I'm a preacher when it comes to cruise ships. I I, I convert the masses. Hey, you got uh, me. I, I get people on boats because it's amazing. It's a lot of fun. For sure, for sure. All right, kids, till next time, safe travels. Safe travels.